All right, welcome students to another episode of The Backpack. Today we are discussing uh, our first novel of the year, True Grit, with Bishop O'Connell's own social studies department chair, Mr. Jeff Rickson. So we're really excited to have you today to talk a little bit about the historical context of the novel, True Grit. Um, so a character that we meet really early on in the novel, his name is Yarnell Poindexter and he has been with the Ross family for many years um, and we learn a little bit about his backstory and that he was a free man um, but then he was kidnapped and brought down to a state that still had slavery and then was forced to live as a slave. So can you talk a little bit about um, kind of what that was like when some states had outlawed slavery and some states still had slavery? Sure, so um, I know that the book takes place post-Civil War. So um, kind of thinking back to prior to the Civil War, and obviously the whole reason we had a Civil War was over the issue of slavery, of course, and we had this sort of two almost like separate countries where you had northern states that had effectively abolished slavery almost in all of them. But then you had the southern states that obviously had not. And in trying to keep this country together, Congress passes a series of laws to try and make the slave states happy. And one of them is called the Fugitive Slave Law, which basically was a law that made it illegal to harbor freed slaves or escaped slaves. That if a slave had escaped from a slave state, so thinking to where True Grit takes place. Like if you had gone from Arkansas to Illinois, if you were apprehended in Illinois, even though Illinois was a free state, that their state government was required by law to send the slave back. Um, and so, and, there, and, it was, and it was awful. And of course, ultimately, a slave would likely face even more severe punishment or possibly death for having escaped uh, their master. So it was... And there was, there was this sort of, sort of this patchwork of laws that are, are trying to stop the Civil War, but obviously don't do the job. They all failed pretty miserably. All right, students, so um, what Mr. Rickson just explained to us allows us to think about the characterization of Yarnell. Um, so this would kind of be a little bit of indirect characterization because we're not told directly what kind of relationship Yarnell has to the Ross family, but we have to infer what kind of relationship he has based on the time period and the historical context. So the relationship, like we see Yarnell helping Maddie when Maddie goes down to to get her father's body and bring him back home. So it's not like an older adult mentor sort of figure for Maddie. Yarnell owed and had a duty to the Ross family to do it, fill in whatever roles Mr. Ross set forth for him. So do you want to talk now about like the Republicans and Democrats and kind of what each party stood for at that time? Yeah, so I think it's always important to remember that we we always sort of bring what we think about Republicans and Democrats today to any time we hear these parties used in older American history. And the parties are so completely different now, but just Again, for a little bit of historical context, Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. That was his political party, and he and the Republicans were formed prior to the Civil War 
as a, they called themselves a free soil party. They believed in the, the abolition of the expansion of slavery. So there's all sorts of complicated questions about did Lincoln actually want to end slavery forever? And initially, no. Free soilers just didn't want slavery to expand to new territories like places like Arkansas and Kansas in the 1850s and 60s. Of course, eventually, as the Civil War progresses, Lincoln frees the slaves in the Confederacy through the Emancipation Proclamation. He ultimately, Congress eventually passes the 13th Amendment, which abolishes slavery. That's right at the end of the war. So the Republicans are then associated as sort of the anti-slavery and also the Freedom Party. And that continues with Lincoln's, after Lincoln's assassination, eventually the Republicans are embraced by more progressive Southerners and ultimately African-Americans who are now free. They obviously are going to vote for, once they gain the right to vote, they're going to vote for the party that set them free. And what happens in that case is there's a, there's a reaction from white Southerners. They are still, many white Southerners were still prejudiced towards blacks, still saw them as inferior. And so they lash out politically and socially by creating segregation and Jim Crow laws. So restricting African-Americans right to vote, um, using antagonizing them and using violence. And so what you ultimately have then is that Democrats become the party of white Southerners. They sort of, because the Republicans are viewed as the party of sort of black liberation and freedom, they are vilified by Democrat, by white Southern Democrats. And what it really, and what it creates, I mean, literally for about the next hundred years is if you were a white Southerner, you were almost overwhelmingly a Democrat. And you lived in a society where you systematically oppressed black people still. So even though African-Americans weren't enslaved and they had the right to vote, there were so many prohibitions in their lives that it was basically like slavery under another name, essentially. So students, as you're reading, I really want you to pay attention to how Maddie speaks about Republicans. She kind of portrays them as thugs and they're like a part of a Republican gang and she portrays them as terrible sounding people. But as Mr. Rickson was saying, the Republicans are the ones that wanted people to be free, that valued others' human dignity and saw that slavery shouldn't shouldn't be a thing. So even though Maddie's our hero in the story, she does have this this flaw. Maybe she doesn't see as much value in the human dignity of, of African-American people. So even though she is our hero, she does have that major character flaw. All right, so the last topic we'll talk about in this podcast is about um, a man that Rooster was very involved with in his, in his life before he met up with Maddie. Um, so Maddie, so Rooster, is, Rooster believes in Maddie. He has faith in her. Um, Maddie clearly looks up to Rooster a lot because of his grit. But Rooster is also a complex character because although he has some heroic qualities himself, he also had made some very poor and terrible choices in his past. So one thing that he we meant he mentions is that he rode, if you guys look in your books on page 158, 
Uh, he rode with Quantrill in the Border Gang. So to give our students some more context for who Quantrill is, Mr. Rickson, who is Quantrill? So um, Quantrill refers to a confederate, a pro-Confederate bandit, for lack of a better term, um, who served, who was around prior to and during the Civil War. And prior to the Civil War, again, as we mentioned, there were a number of states as the country's expanding west that are trying to address whether or not they're going to be free or whether they'll be slave. And one of those was Kansas. And Kansas had people on both sides who either were staunch abolitionists and wanted slavery to end, or they were pro-slavery and they wanted slavery to expand into this new state. And what you had was, you actually had people from outside of the state who were either pro or anti-slavery, essentially killing one another to see who would win out. It's what's known as bleeding Kansas. Um, the students may be familiar with John Brown, the famous figure who was killed at Harper's Ferry or was killed as, for his raid at Harper's Ferry just up the road from us. He was on the anti-slavery side and was horribly violent and killed pro-slavery advocates. Quantrill is in favor of slavery. And he used many, he used guerrilla tactics where he would, you know, they would hunt down slaves and return them. They were incredibly violent and incredibly brutal. And then ultimately he does the same thing during the Civil War. He's fighting on behalf of the Confederacy to defend slavery, to kill those who want to free slaves. Um, and is a, he's a pretty brutal character when you kind of think of uh, American history. And he's also... A lot of the a lot of people who were in his or Quantrill's gang were ultimately people who ended up kind of in what we think of as the old west. So sort of this idea of taking the law into your own hands, right? Being a bandit or a bank robber or something. Um, there were a handful of people who were in his gang that either adopted his tactics or were influenced by it in the future. And when I say guerrilla tactics, I mean this isn't just killing soldiers or you know men who are in or who want to stop slavery Quantrill's gang killed innocent women I mean innocent children I mean their goal was to terrorize people if you were against slavery these guys would come and kill you I mean it's it's a pretty pretty harrowing and pretty awful uh circumstance and then of course you have this Cogburn character that of course is in that gang so what or was in that gang so what does that tell us about that character potentially um so we'll leave you with that question that mr rickson just posed for you guys um think about think about rooster and you know we see him treating maddie one way but he has this really dark part of his past um and it's honestly part of our part of the united states past too um, so thank you so much, Mr. Rick. Of course, always this happy to talk amazing, history. And I learned so much and I hope you guys did too. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye.